Hi, I'm Darren Steele, and this is Think Queerly, where I help human-hearted creatives connect with their purpose to create more freedom, impact, and joy in life. So this is definitely the time of year when many people do a year-end review. Uh, People in the personal growth sphere or many coaches might publish something to that effect. I haven't always done it, but I decided to do it first for myself and then realized I should share not only uh, what I learned about myself, but a very simple process that you can use as well. Because this year, more than any with COVID-19 and various durations of lockdown and the hope that we have at the end of the tunnel that hopefully by the end of 2021, we should have things under control. Well, all those things have built up to make for quite a year. And some people have really struggled. Some people have overcome. Some people have become incredibly rich. Some people have gone deep and explored and understood new things about themselves, took on a new job, took on a new creative endeavor, whatever the case may be. So this really is a year unlike any other that's worth reviewing. So I'm calling this your 2020 year-end review personal evolution process. It is a simple journaling process to review the meaningful highlights, milestones, and insights that shaped you and your year. Now, this is simply based in asking yourself questions to reflect on what was truly transformative in your life in 2020. And there's no rush to accomplish this process. Sometimes it's taken me a couple of weeks to do some sort of a review of the previous year by mid-January. There's no rush, but, you know, I think, you know, the sooner you do it, if this is something you want to do, the better before you kind of get absorbed by the plans and actions that you want to put into place for 2021. Now, I took quite a few hours to do this for myself, but you might want to book at least an hour or two into your calendar or over a couple of days. And you might find that as you write out these answers, you want to sit back and reflect and come back to them and add more content over a couple of days as more things percolate in your memory about what's happened. Now, I want to suggest that you answer these questions freely and without any judgment. So don't think of this as a critical assessment of your past year. Like, don't think of the failures. I'm going to I'm going to look at the things that you stopped doing, but I don't want to suggest that this is a way of being highly critical or negative about what has happened. Simply consider the facts of what happened in your year. What really stands out to you? And how did those experiences shape you? So just jot down recollections as they come to you and feel free to come back and add more color to the picture of what happened last year. Now, if you think you're forgetting something, just go review your calendar week by week or your journals if you keep them to perhaps discover any highlights, things that you noted. Now, when I did this process for myself, I flipped through three of my hard bound journals, one where I was doing all my research on the Tao Te Ching, and I filled up pretty much two journals for 2020. I also keep a digital journal. I use the app called Day One. 
for when I'm on the go and other things. So I've got content all over the place that I can look to. The underlying purpose or intention with this process is to document and reflect on the events in 2020 for the impact and the meaningfulness that they brought into your life. So this process is far less structured than the last four um, personal evolution processes I've designed, where it's a kind of a clear step one, step two, step three, that starts with define and then goes into the second step of refinement, and then finally, third step, aligning. Now, the act of refining has already taken place, so you don't have to do any refining with this process. The refinement happened already. And this is a review after all, right? This is not a process to create any change for what has already happened. And it's also why it's important for you not to be critical of yourself. Just take the time to define what happened in your year. And this will include how you refined various events and habits and goals as you lived them. And what's really most important is the final question in this process, which will get you into emotional alignment with the year gone by. It's a kind of a gentle closing of the back cover of a book that you just don't want to end, but you've read it all and now it's time to move on. So to make this practice Um, easier to understand and to help you understand the questions, I'm going to be sharing my year-end review following the list of questions. And as a reminder, there's no limit. There's no framework. You can write as much or as little as you want to these questions. You can use bullet form. You can do a numbered list. You can write out full paragraphs. This is entirely up to you. It's your life and it's your document. It's your review. As, as Just as an example, um, I recorded three milestones from 2020 that really stood out for me. Now, maybe you only have one or maybe you have more. Now, for me, when I think about milestones, those are really impactful events. And you have to decide... For you, like maybe you want to have the major milestones and maybe you want to also have minor milestones. That's fine. Go for it. Now, most of my self-reflection, as you'll hear, is about my creative output. The more the business side of things, but for me, my creative work and my research is, is so much a part of my life and what I'm passionate about that it doesn't feel like work. And that's what's been most important to me in this past year. But your review might include reflections on your personal life, your family, or personal relationships. Again, it's going to be unique to you. So I'm going to walk you through the five questions. I'll give you a description of how you want to do this. There will be a full article version of this podcast. And in just the podcast episode notes, I will simply include the questions for you. So if you want to just get right to work on this, go ahead. And if you want to listen through to how my year turned out, I'm trying to share with you the insights that I took from this process and also as a way for you to understand more about who I am, Darren Steele, 
the writer, the podcaster, the coach, the person who's studying human heartedness by way of the Tao Te Ching. Okay, so the first question, the first few questions are the define part of the personal evolution process. So first question is define your new beginnings. Define your new beginnings. So you're going to give some thought to whatever new projects, books, habits, job, career, friendships, or relationships that you took on, which had a meaningful impact, positive or negative, on your life. Now, if you record something that was a challenge or a struggle or a problem, try not to delve too deep into why it was a problem, just that it had an impact because sometimes things that are challenging do have an impact, but it's about what you take from it now. So the second question, define your 2020 milestones. Define your 2020 milestones. What really stands out for you in this past year as a significant event? Be that an important goal that you accomplished, something that maybe took a lot of time and effort. And why does this matter to you? And how did each milestone change or impact you? Now, the third and and final define question is define your key insights in 2020. Now, think of an insight as literally shining light, seeing inwards. So shining light on an awareness that you've maybe never had before and how that changed your perceptions, how that elevated your life in some way. Define what you learned this past year that made a significant impact in your life. So the fourth of the five questions is the refinement. What did you stop doing in 2020? What did you stop doing? So this was the work, the projects, the habits, the friendships, the relationships that you quit. Why did you stop? And what were the lessons learned from making those refinements, from putting an end to any of those things? And then the final question, number five, is to establish emotional alignment with your end of year review. Now, if you've listened to some of my personal evolution processes before, the alignment aspect is getting really connected with the emotional intention so that you really grasp the, the the work that you're about to do. Well, think of it this way. You really want to grasp and accept your review of this past year as, as a way of understanding how that has shaped you and come and brought you to this moment now. So establish emotional alignment with your year-end review. So you'll answer this fifth and final question only after you've completed the first four questions. Once you've completed your first four questions, go back and review everything that you've written and then ask yourself how you feel about what you've written and what did you learn about yourself. So just a nice way of summarizing and encapsulating everything about your year. Okay, so that is the process. And if you want to stop here and you want to get to it, go for it. If you want to listen in to my answers, we're going to get into it right now. So 
Step one, define my new beginnings. Well, at the beginning of January, I did a 30-day personal transformation coach uh, program with Coach Dax Moy. And honestly, this was the most personally enlightening program I've ever participated in. It gave me more certainty and direction for much of this year. And it led me then to immediately enroll in his year-long mind map transformational coaching certification program that looks at neuroscience um, in how one delivers coaching as a coach. So much of my personal development content that I've published in in the last two quarters, but more so in the final quarter of this year, has come very much from what I've learned in this program. And this program is experiential. Um, when you partake, you have to do the work yourself to get that hands-on feeling and understanding before you can really impart it and share it and help other people through the processes. And I've documented elsewhere Then the next aspect for me was that I started a seven-month journey of reading and contemplating um, eight and more translations of the Tao Te Ching with the original intention to develop a new kind of personal leadership. Now, as a result, I came up with various uh, leadership principles, and I began to practice these human-hearted principles, as I call them. And I've got 300 pages of notes that I'm currently incubating, sitting on, as, as I read some notes here and there, knowing that I'm not quite sure yet what to do with it. It does influence a lot of my writing. I'm bringing in aspects of it. But it's going to take me some time to get more clarity on the direction for this project. And that's probably what's going to be um, a large part of 2021 for me. Well, when we went into lockdown in March, I had to exercise at home, you know, and I did this with my partner for the very first time. He used to always just want to work out on his own. And after 35 years of working out at gyms, I found this really difficult because I was used to the environment of going into a gym. But 10 months later, with, you know, no indication of when we're actually going to be able to go back into a gym, I don't know if I'll go back. I've, I've found ways to make it work at home. And then my final new beginning that is important for me to know is that I realized I started getting a little too metaphysical um, sort of towards the end of the second quarter and in the summer. I was really deeply involved with my thoughts around the Tao Te Ching, and I realized I needed to focus on publishing more practical coaching content. And I didn't want to hold anything back. I, I really dislike this idea of you read something and you everybody's always trying to sell you something. And of course, I have to make money too. And of course, I will be offering things for sale in the future, like just working with me as a coach, for example. But I too often see these positive mindset pieces that are kind of fluffy and they just they regurgitate other people's work or they just don't offer lasting transformational change. They leave the reader wanting for more. And, you know, maybe the writer has no real lived experience with the content or actual practice in, in helping people through this kind of work. And since I do this work as a coach, 
since I'm fascinated by how we lead ourselves and become better people, it helped me to come up with my idea of, of PEP, my personal evolution practice framework, that it will actually make an impact in the lives of those who put the exercises into practice, like this very exercise in this podcast today. Okay, so that's a wrap for the first question, the new things I did. The second question is define my 2020 milestones. And I have three. The first is about consistent publishing. And, you know, I look to the statistics on the host where my my podcast lives, a company called Simplecast. And in total, I've published 70 pieces of content that includes podcasts and articles, um, exactly how many of each. I, I, I would have to pull out those numbers. But my five most downloaded podcasts for 2020 really surprised me. The first three, episodes one, two, and three, when it used to be called the Living Out Podcast, um, are, are the top three. And then two from this year, Sex Shaming During COVID-19, a discussion with my friend Sean Prue, and Why Gay Shame is Your Superpower. And I couldn't figure out why the first three, why one, two, three usually, you know, people are more engaged with the stuff that's most current because those three episodes are from two and a half years ago. But then when I looked at my statistics, I forgot that the host had made available a a new service in India. So I filled out my information. So now people in India can listen to my podcast and 20% of my listeners are actually from India. I have more listeners from India than I do from Canada. It's the United States and then India and then Canada. Now that might change because this really only happened towards the very end of the third quarter. And maybe with a lot of the queer content, I'm speaking to people who are looking for that information. Now my five most read and and applauded articles on Medium. You can applaud for articles in a sense of where you might like something on Facebook, for example. Was my first one was what happens when you don't participate in arguments or controversy? It was a very important and meaningful article for me because it was documenting my own change and trying to be less contentious and less um, argumentative and and feeling less defensive about things that people say online. And then self-sabotage is the shame-filled mistake of personal development. I looked at this aspect of self-sabotage being entirely wrong. We don't self-sabotage ourselves. And what is the mechanism behind that that makes it appear that we're doing that when in fact we aren't. Now, what matters to me out of this is is consistency over volume. So I published at least once a week. That was something that I wanted to do. It made me feel like I was going to be able to continue to move forward and evolve as a writer and a podcaster and a thinker. Um, Because it's one thing to read books and to think. It's quite another to try and then teach what you're learning. And I certainly had some misses. And I know I certainly had some phenomenal hits where I was able to impart my message really well. So going on to my second milestone. Asking 
better questions. In all the work I've done this year in reading the Tao Te Ching, in studying the neuroscience of transformational coaching, one of the keys to exceptional coaching is questions. And it's the coach asking questions. And it sounds very simplistic, but it's not. It's about how you listen and how you observe. And just sometimes you ask a question. And I was working with a client on Monday. And he said something, and I was listening, and I interjected a question, and it was something along the lines of, why can't you have both? And without divulging what he was speaking about, these were very challenging situations where separation needed to be made between these things. He stopped. It was complete silence for longer than a minute. And it's important to have these moments in our lives where we kind of ask the questions that, that are a pattern interrupt, that make us reflect on something we hadn't thought of before. And this act of asking more questions is also what helped me move towards developing my personal evolution process, because it's about questions. It's not about creating a template that says, do this, do this, do this, fill in the blanks here, real coaching, or shall we say, even just individual personal growth and transformation happens at the level of the individual. We are unique. We are complex. We are different. None of us are the same. We may have similar challenges and situations in life, but the ways in which we deal with them depend on every aspect of who we are. And the only way we can solve our challenges, we might seek help from others, but ultimately the answers lay within us. What's really relevant is do you have the right questions, the kind of questions that will allow you the opportunity to come up with the best answers? So my third and final milestone, I call creative mind management. So in late summer, I was reading an article that led to the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller. And basically the core concept of that book is trying to use the first four hours of your day to focus on your most important, single most important goal, the one that above everything else Um, will get you the results that you want in life. So I tried that for some time, but honestly, it wasn't sustainable because I have other things that I, I need to do in my life besides just writing. It's not the only thing I do. And it helped on a certain level. I really delved into and spent more time on my contemplation and reading and making notes for the Tao Te Ching. Towards the end of November, I read an article on Medium by uh, David Kadavi titled 11 Reasons Creativity and Productivity is About Mind Management, Not Time Management. That was a summary of the core ideas he shares in the book he recently published, Mind Management, Not Time Management, Productivity When Creativity Matters. Now, I will say that of all the time management books I've read, and I put time management in quotations, 
This book resonated with me, and it really spoke to me about the difference in in creative work, which is event-based, not clock-time-based. So Kadavi, the author, brought clarity instruction to things that I had been thinking about and ways in which I had been trying to organize my schedule to be more efficient with my creative production in relation to my energy, my mood, and the time of day. And now to do any justice to this book, I'd have to record an entire podcast, which I might at some point. But let me just say that if you are a creative in any capacity, and you find that you're struggling with the how and the when to do your best creative work and to sustain your energy and to not feel stressed about it, but all the other aspects of creative work that include editing and incubation and research time and mental playfulness, then buy his book, okay? It, 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 is, it is fascinating. I read it in a day, and I immediately implemented a number of strategies that fit my unique needs. And that's another important point about this book, is that it's not a prescription. It's not a template. You will have to do the work and figure out what works for you and test and measure and assess and make some adjust adjustments. And that's what I've done. But there's a couple things I've implemented that have made all the difference in the world for me. All right. So my third question in this process, the final define, define my key insights in 2020. Well, the number one insight for me is that the content I do is deep work. I've tried to do the daily publishing stuff. I even committed on January 1st, 2020. I published an article called My 365-Day Queer Publishing Challenge for 2020, which was doomed from the start. Now, thankfully, and perhaps subconsciously, knowing that this declaration was doomed from the very beginning, I wrote in the same article the following. I'm not concerned about being perfect. The practice is more important than the goal of 366 days because 2020 had a leap year. It doesn't matter if I fail or complete the goal of publishing daily. It's the journey of one step at a time, every day moving closer towards publishing my book or whatever it manifests as. Furthermore, it is simply a plan to move forward, to remain focused on my greatest intention, to aspire to my inspiration, and to share my work and ideas as queer thought leader and a messenger for change. So that was a very unskillful pronouncement and an unsustainable practice. It was unskillful in the sense of assuming I could publish every day. It was a fair pronouncement in that I sort of backtracked after making, you know, I kind of have to laugh at myself. But what was happening? I was simply falling into the trap of all the other article headlines I was seeing towards the end of December. Do more, be more, create more, produce more, earn more, sell more, get more, five ways to get more, seven ways to grow your audience, and on and on and on, you know? And I just thought, wow, you know, I look at these people with 10,000 followers and I don't have that. How am I going to get that? I should publish every day. But that's not the point. And I'm human, so that's why I made this error. And at that time, I read something by my coach, Dax Moy, that 
that he published around the same time that really spoke to the experience. And what I got out of that was the truths about the process of success. So the first one is you cannot put the goal before the action. You have to take action in order to get towards the goal, right? The second one, you can't put the action before the practice. Okay, You have to know what the practice is in order to do the appropriate action. Third one, you cannot put the practice before the process. Mm, that's really interesting. You need to know what this process is. That's the complex nature of all the gears that go into place to make this thing happen. And finally, your process will fail if you are not in emotional alignment. So think of your process almost as a strategy. And I talk about this in Define, Refine, Align. Or in the other air principle, attention, intention, repetition. If you are not emotionally committed so that you will be completely and entirely motivated to do this process, you're doomed from the very beginning. So all of this just taught me a lot. You know, earlier I said I published 70 pieces of content. So it wasn't 366 but it was deep pieces of content. It allowed me the time to do the research. And while I'm coaching and while I'm doing some other work and while I'm doing my writing, this is as much as I can accomplish while still having a life with my partner and being able to enjoy my time off. It just gave me another idea or not idea or sense of how other writers write and what they do. Some people publish daily for the surface level. And it's very hard to go deep if you're publishing daily because you just are not going to have the time to really delve into deeper content that may be of your own creation. It's not that it can't be done. You'll see authors like David Kadavi who might publish almost daily because they're repeating content and reusing content from books they've published. They've got 300 pages of a message, of a deep idea, of something transformational that can be very useful when distilled into smaller parts. And then the audience, when the reader picks that up and senses something of value, that's when they can go and buy the whole product. So for me, this just came down to, as an insight, that I publish for depth not for breadth. I, I tried to see if I could publish 300 or, or work on 300 word short form pieces. It just, it doesn't work for me. So stick to what I'm good at. Now, I already recognize this podcast is going long, but I'm getting very close to the end here. My second insight was just the impact of my renewed purpose values, beliefs, and core directives. Think of these things as your life map or your personal GPS. And these are tools that I have further refined through the work that I've done with my coach and in the program, the certification that I'm studying for the neuroscience of transformational coaching. Now, my purpose was something that evolved at the very beginning of the year through the 30-day transformational program that I was a part of. 
And I rewrote it, and you've heard it now probably many times, that I help human-hearted creatives connect with their purpose to create more freedom, impact, and joy in life. This is what I do for myself. And if I'm not fulfilling this purpose, I am not going to be a happy person, period. My core values, acceptance and impact and joy, you know, I realize I'm living those values when I show up as being understanding and and focused and thoughtful of situations and others and curious about what's happening in the world around me. When I'm faced with a difficult or important decision, I look to my values to decide how to respond. And if all my values are not being met, well, I will not be proceeding. My values are the figurative compass for charting my course in life. And they were essential in helping me choose how to respond when, you know, in March uh, of this year, when we went into lockdown, one of my income streams disappeared in an instant. But they helped me to get through it because it helped me to look to my values and to stay true to the work I was doing in my purpose. Insight number three, my final insight, ah, the lessons from the Tao Te Ching. They, it's like for a researcher, for a writer, for somebody who's thinking philosophically, I, I can't count how valuable the Tao Te Ching has been to me and to my life. And the journey that's led me to this point has been fascinating and I've talked about elsewhere. But what's been most transformative in this past year is when I came across a particular passage in the Tao that made me see what I labeled and I gave the name to as the six principles of human heartedness. And I started practicing those principles for myself. I started living them. And they have made such a profound difference in my life. The Tao has taught me exactly what I needed to learn about leadership. And I'm still learning. But most importantly, about non-contention. I have been the most contented and mentally at peace and emotionally relaxed than I've ever been in all my life. The Tao Te Ching and my understanding and contemplation of it has helped me to become more impartial as an observer of the world, which helps me to remain humble and compassionate and open. And during this lengthy COVID-19 lockdown, I was able to practice many of the teachings of the Tao in the form of my own personal responsibility and humility and compassion, not just for myself, but for others. So my fourth question in this process, refinements, what did I stop doing in 2020? Well, after two and a half years, I decided to close my publication on Medium called Think Queerly. It wasn't serving my needs as it did at one time. And I speak about this in the four questions you need to ask yourself to um, uh, to stop doing the things that are holding you back. You know, I just needed to move on. It had done what it needed to do to serve my purposes, and I needed to change my focus. And connected with that, 
I decided to get rid of all the extra social media accounts that were associated with other publications and things that were just distracting and frustrating to me. I removed the apps for Twitter and Facebook from my phone and iPad. So the only place I check those accounts is on my desktop because I didn't need to be mindlessly looking at these apps, which for me make me contentious and argumentative and upset and annoyed. So I took the action to get rid of those things, to give myself the freedom to more easily practice these new ways of being that I no longer want to complain. I don't want to express outrage. And sometimes I feel outrage at injustice, and sometimes that needs to be spoken about. But I can do better than to simply continue feeding the negativity. I can reframe the situation. I can challenge myself to reconsider what does it mean. I can come up with a strategy to help myself and others. I can ask better questions to get, the, get, to, get to the root of the issue. And it's not always easy, but it's also not what most people do, which is why it's so bloody necessary and important, at least for me. So here it is, the conclusion. The fifth question. Establish emotional alignment with your year-end review. I am proud of myself for how much I've grown and become a better person in managing my outrage, defensiveness, and frustration by expressing myself in more helpful, understanding, impartial, and compassionate ways. You know, studying the Tao Te Ching and discerning what I've termed human-heartedness principles, and I'll just mention those, non-contention, witnessing with impartiality, compassion, open-minded flexibility, humility, and oneness— these principles have improved my way of being, and I can't wait to develop them more to be able to speak directly to them and to teach them to you and offer you ways of integrating them directly into your life. Because it's one thing to come up with ideas, but when you put them into practice, you can change your own life for the better and forever. Practicing non contention and greater impartiality for me, has improved my peace of mind and my outlook on the future. It's changed the way I think about the world that I perceive around me and my place in it. Lastly, I feel that what I've been working on for so many years is finally coming together. All the pieces of the puzzle seem to be so easily sliding into place. And it's not a wait-and-see situation, what if. Rather, this is a feeling of great certainty that has focus and direction associated with it for me. And when everything feels so aligned, like only you can know that. Only you can feel that within yourself. And it's, it's hard to define. It's hard to quantify. It's hard to qualify. You just feel it. It is. It's an experience of all the experiences you've had that seem to be coming together. And it takes time to see how these things will play out as a result of my actions. It's taken many years of self-examination, of trial and error, of taking on work to make ends meet, 
all in the pursuit of staying true to who I am, how I wish to be and work, and to continue moving forward. And the COVID-19 lockdown has provided me with an opportunity to, to hunker even more down, to sharpen the saw even more, as Stephen Covey would say, and to coach myself to a place where I feel truly content and wholly authentic. Wow, if I do say so, so myself. Like, I mean, I, I was really pleased with my review of the year, and I hope that you get to experience this if you do this process for yourself. If you think about it, the COVID-19 pandemic lockdown is the perfect time to consider the direction or the redirection of your own life. Remaining at home, having to work from home if you used to work in an office, and practicing social distancing has, has drawn attention to what's important and what's not important. It's also afforded us with more time and space and fewer distractions to be able to process the changes we're experiencing in our life. And with COVID-19 still affecting us, what is next for you in 2021? What is your creative uniqueness that you've yet to fully express or explore? What have you been resisting changing or doing or what are you reluctant to start? And why not now? Why not now? So if you're curious about working with a coach and would like to get more clarity, focus, direction, strategy, and support in 2021, you can find out more by heading over to my website at darrensteel.com. Click the link in the show notes and check out the working with me um, menu option at the top of the page. As always, thank you so much for listening. All the best to you. Stay safe, stay healthy. Find those moments of joy in 2021 and in every moment now in your life. <laughs>